morning, everyone. Welcome to Bible study and prayer time. Let's all stand and take our songbooks and let's turn to hymn number 619, Stand Up for Jesus. We'll sing the first, the second, and the last. Stand up for Jesus. Turn your songbooks, please, to 507. 507. Amen. His way with thee. Yes, that's right. Let us call. 
save you so that you'll never fall. Let him have his way with thee. Slammer always at your best. Let him have his way with thee. His power can make you what you ought to be. His blood can cleanse your heart, make you free. His love can fill your soul, and you will see. Twas best for him to have his way with thee. 4.14, trust and obey. Sing the first, the second, and the last. When we walk with the Lord in the light of His Word, what a glory He sheds on our way. While we do His good will, He abides with us still, and with all who will trust and obey. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Thank you. 
and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. His word shall not fail you, he promised. Believe him, and all will be well. Then go to a world that is dying, his perfect salvation to tell. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory. Thank you, Dennis. Appreciate that. Uh, having a little trouble with the live stream. It's going one place, but it's not going the other places. So uh, appreciate Patrick doing that. We do what we can, and then sometimes you just say, what's going on? And it's like, we don't know. <laughs> so yeah, we, all we can do is turn things back off and turn them back on and, and uh, hope it works itself out. Usually we can figure stuff out, but Appreciate those songs and that singing, and we're glad to have uh, my friends. Some of you, if you were up here on Sunday, uh, you got to hear me talk about Bob and Kim Ross, and uh, others of you met them at the picnic, but uh, of course, Bob is Pastor Robert Ross's son, uh, one of his four children, and then Jerry Ross's brother, so he's got some stories he's going to tell us later that uh, we look forward to hearing. We're going to put those on the live stream once we get it working and charge admission. And, uh, but Bob was one of my uh, first Christian mentors as a young boy. I'd just gotten my salvation nailed down at 16 in the spring. I needed a job that summer, and he laid flooring, and so he needed a few helpers and kindly gave me a job and taught me how to work. And then also uh, how to, to lay flooring and, and a lot of other things. He's made me a lot of money over the years with the, the stuff that, that he taught. And, um, but as I said, Sunday morning, he not only taught me how to lay flooring, but he taught me how to work because I'd always played sports my whole life. And I knew how to give everything on the court or the field. But when it came time to work, and I'd do probably about as least amount as possible and, and uh, go take a nap in the corner or something, but... Uh, he was very patient with me, and we, we appreciate that. So great to have you folks here. And, of course, they know Caleb, too. Did Caleb ever work for you? Yes. Yeah, I thought so. He, he uh, knew how to do some stuff, too, and then he would help me do some things around here. Yeah, and uh, so they were up at Caleb's uh, Sunday night and then went to see the Mayflower with uh, the halls yesterday and such, and so... Appreciate you folks being here and, and all your investment in our family. And also, Kim made our uh, wedding cake. So they drove from Indiana all the way out to Maine, and she made our wedding cake. What was that, like so many tiers, like a three-tier or something? Goodness, it was heavenly goodness. And uh, she made it in my in-law's kitchen. Uh, and so 
wonderful memories there. So we appreciate you folks being here. Let's get out our prayer page. I confess that it is nice to be able to talk and not uh, be struggling so much to at least talk. And so thank you for praying for my voice. (coughs) We've got some... Uh, a long way to go till I get back uh, to normal, but glad just to be able to talk and and get a little preaching done. So today's August 2nd, our prayer promise, Matthew 6, 6, but thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. So we get rewarded openly for our prayers in secret. The old timers used to have a saying, they would call it praying the price, not paying the price, but praying the price. And you never really know if someone's praying. I don't know if you prayed today, you don't know if I prayed today, but it becomes evident in our lives as God is rewarding openly of the sacrifices that are made in private. And so I encourage all of us to take that private time in the morning, in the evening. Uh, when I worked uh, a full-time job when I was in ministry, I would take lunch, the lunch break and uh, take 10 or 15 minutes and pray if we had an hour-long lunch break. And so uh, whatever that means to you, but make sure that you've got this private prayer life where you just you can pray to God anytime, anywhere, But it's nice to be able to block everything else out, bow your head, close your eyes, and really just focus on God. And then God rewards us openly. All right, we've got a lot of new additions to the prayer list. I'll run through a a few, and then I'll give you an opportunity to add your prayer requests. Under the health, uh, we want to keep praying for all the folks that, that we've been uh, talking about here. Uh, we do have some new ones. Bill Berg, is he, he initially got some good uh, news about his prostate cancer, and then they kind of backtracked that a little bit. Uh, so in about a month, he's got a biopsy that they're doing up north, and uh, they're unsure about some things. So he's really praying that he wouldn't have to have surgery. So if you'd pray for Bill and Tamara, uh, keep that in mind. And of course, Brother Pash, we're praying for his AFib and blood pressure. Still seems to be doing some better, but we need to keep that in mind. Pastor Jerry Ross seems to be uh, doing a lot better than he was a month or two ago uh, after these treatments, but he'll get an update in August this month uh, after a PET scan, so keep that in mind. I just heard from one of my mentors. <coughs> Brother Daryl Moore, he's been here to preach several times, not in the last uh, seven or eight years or so, but he had uh, kidney trouble for years. He actually got an infection. They destroyed his kidneys trying to take care of the infection, so he was on dialysis and everything else. He finally got a kidney transplant, but now he's got this thing called post-transplant lymphoma. So he basically it's a cancer that has to do with the transplant. And he's on chemo now, and he and I were messaging back and forth last night. And so if you'd pray for him, he's just been through it. 
uh, the last uh, several years, and I told him that we'd add him to the prayer list. He's happy about that. Continue praying for Don and Lynette. Uh, James Beausoleil, the Lord's been working in, in their lives. Uh, he and I were texting back and forth just a little bit this morning, and he was having a, some, he felt like he was having some heart pain and heart trouble, and he was going to go to the ER, and I haven't heard anything back. Uh, so he's there now. And so I'm not exactly sure what's going on there, but if you would uh, pray about that, uh, we'd appreciate it. And then Jonathan Walter, uh, mom, my mother-in-law, and Caitlin flew out yesterday to go spend some time with Jenny in Kentucky. Uh, My nephew, I think he's 18 now, Jonathan, was having abdominal pain and come to find out he's got appendicitis, so he's in the hospital they're taking out his appendix in the morning. And so if you'd pray for uh, Jonathan, we'd appreciate it as well. And then <clears throat> if you would pray for, uh, under general, Jackie Crawford. Uh, the Lord's been working in their lives, and, and Jackie and Angie have been coming now for several months. Uh, Jackie had a brother that passed away just here in the last few days. And then she's got two, I think they're two brothers, but certainly two family members fighting cancer. And then she has some breathing problems and other things uh, as well. Uh, and so if we'd pray for them. And then if you would pray for my family, tomorrow is the one-year anniversary of my father-in-law going to heaven. And so this is hard on Sarah especially and uh, mom, but the entire family. And so if you'd be praying about that. Uh, Answered prayers, we want to thank the Lord for all that was accomplished in Vacation Bible School, and we could say a lot more about that and other requests, but uh, let's see who has a prayer request you want to add this evening. You lift your hand, we'll come through the microphone so they can hear you online. Miss Martha, please. A couple. Um, Chris Lewis texted that he hasn't been able to get any of the services Hmm. for some reason. I know Curtis switched from YouTube to the website. I didn't tell him that. Yeah, so make sure you tell that. Usually he communicates with me too, but I haven't heard from him. And this is something you can pray about. YouTube already deleted my channel, which was fairly large for... um, all things considering for, for what we're doing. They just deleted it in a second. It's just gone. And then so we started a new one, and then the last few weeks, uh, it hasn't been, our live stream hasn't been going to YouTube properly. So we're not sure what's going on with that. And then now tonight, it's further uh, not working. And so thank you for letting me yeah, know about that. I don't that. know how he was getting it, but he, Must have been through he YouTube. was wanting to know if we were still live streaming. Yeah. And Gloria's still having health issues. Okay. And pray for Chris, too. He's got his share of health problems, for sure. All right, who else? For request? Uh, we'll go over here to Eric. It more of an appreciation. My sister saw better. Take her off the list. Wow. Put her down in the prayer answer department. <laughs> and she's so profoundly grateful to all of you. And I'm so grateful to all of you. Wow. Um, for many things. But uh, 
but especially for uh, for Ukraine for her. That is wonderful. A new person. So thank you so much. That's wonderful. So she was hit by a car, and then uh, she's been very grateful for our prayers. And the doctors were saying to her, she's had a remarkable recovery. Yeah. And so praise the Lord. That's thank great. You all so much. Oh, thank you. All right, we better hand it to Dennis. I don't know if I can follow that act, but I'm going to <laughs> answer the prayer. It's good. Uh, Do you have a miraculous 99 answer? pounds and gone. You've lost 99 Nine pounds. pounds and gone. Wow. Well, yes. Praise the Lord. When the PA told me that, I said, say that again. She said 99 <laughs> pounds and gone. I said, okay. And then I saw the doctor yesterday. I'm off my blood pressure pills, so that was a lot. Well, except my anxiety wow. pill. But other than that, I'm off all three medicines. So I'm yes. Well, congratulations. Um, Praise the Lord. That's a big gone. deal. You've hopefully. lost a whole person. I've lost a, it's about 99, about a little bit. That's wonderful. Some people say, how much are you going to lose? I don't know. I really don't know. Well, a lot of people are giving me compliments. You look so good. You know, how, how did you lose that? How do you keep losing it? I say, I walk every day. I, I'm at the nursing home three times a week. I don't know. I just It's a miracle. I try to gain it back. And it's, it's just saying, I just, I'm just so full. Yeah, don't try to gain it back. No, I'm okay. seriously. I, I try. And it's just like, I'm so full. So I can't do it. So. All right. Thank you, buddy. We appreciate I don't know. it. Well, praise the Lord for that. That's wonderful. All right. Who else? All right, Miss Christine. <laughs> Um, could we add Olivia maybe to the prayer list until the end of her pregnancy? Yes. Um, she has, maybe you knew, but um, she has preeclampsia. And they're considering oh, heard taking the baby out early. She's 31 weeks. Wow. So um, her mom's with her now, but she doesn't know how long she can stay. I don't know if she's on bed rest or anything, but I guess yeah. it's, it's fairly serious. So. Okay, thank you. Yes, yeah, so let's add Olivia to the prayer list, huh? Olivia. Uh, has preeclampsia, and they're thinking about taking the baby early. Let's pray about that. It's hard to believe she's 31 weeks already. Time flies. Anybody else? Prayer quest? All right, Miss Cora. I'm thankful um, that my sister could grow and um, that... um, uh, I could have my bunk bed and that we could have a good day. Oh, thank you. That's wonderful. Good. All right, let me look at a few more things here. We want to, uh, under looking ahead, Soul Winning Blitz this Saturday. <coughs> and then Washington County Fair Outreach. The sign-up sheet's in the back on the usher's table. If you'd really take a look at that, uh, with everything going on the last month, we're, we're not where I'd like to be as far as spots signed up. So if you'd take a look at that and look at your schedule, and let's make sure we get that filled in. And if you would be praying for Sarah and I's uh, wedding anniversary on the 18th, just pray that she has uh, a good day. And Lord willing, it'd be great if we could even get her out of the house for a drive. But if not, we're just happy if she can have her pain down enough or we can have a nice date in the bedroom. And then we do have a children's activity August 23rd from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. Uh, it's a Wednesday. Looking forward to spending some time with some of the, the children. Uh, and so keep that in mind. You can ask me if you have any questions. Do be praying for our uh, 
government, our politicians, just seems like it gets crazier and crazier with everything going on. It's, um, you folks know this, it's almost like a clown show sometimes with, with all the craziness. Uh, and God is our hope, amen? And so we need to make sure that we are praying. The Bible talked about when God wanted to spare Israel, he looked for someone to stand in the gap as an intercessor to pray for the nation. He couldn't find anybody. And sometimes it's, it's easy to get so overwhelmed or frustrated or depressed or angry that we don't pray. And we really need to be praying for our nation. A lot of craziness going on. And that God's will would be done and Christ would be magnified. All right? We'll pray about these at the end of the service. Let's open our Bibles to the book of Lamentations. Book of Lamentations, some verses that I truly love and visit regularly. Preached a message out of this passage on January 1st this year. But today, since the Lord wanted us to revisit and be reminded of this wonderful truths. Lamentations is the book after Jeremiah. And we're going to look at at Lamentations chapter 3. Verses 21 through 26. Let's stand for the reading of God's Word. Lamentations chapter 3, verses 21 through 26. The Word of God says, This I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is Thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul, therefore will I hope in Him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for Him, to the soul that seeketh Him. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. And let's pray. Lord, help us now as we study these powerful words in your book. And I pray you give me the words to say and uh, ears for all of us to hear what the spirit has to say to us this evening help us be reminded of this wonderful truth lord these verses could get us through some things could get us through some hard days some some dark times and i pray they would become very dear to us uh, as we walk in this path of life in christ's name we pray amen you may be seated Book of Lamentations follows the book of Jeremiah, and Jeremiah was a prophet to the nation of Israel, and it was a dark time. The nation had just grown more and more wicked and away from God. The Bible details that the politicians were wicked and didn't want to 
do what God wanted. The common man was going about his life with sin and seeking sin and worldly pleasure. But sadly, the worldliness and the sin even crept into the religious circles. The people that should have known better, instead of changing the world, the world had changed them. The preachers that should have been preaching the truth, the priests and the rabbis that were supposed to be representing the holy God, were now saying what other people wanted to hear rather than the message of God. You see, even back then, there was a cost to telling the truth. And today, there's a cost for telling the truth. I heard someone say recently, and it's never been true in my life until the last couple years, He said, rarely does someone today get punished for lying. He said, but they often get punished for telling the truth. It's never been that way my whole life. Even politicians back in the day were punished if you got caught in a lie. But nowadays you don't get punished for lying, you get punished for telling the truth. You get promoted for saying things that are provably false. And you get punished for saying things that are obviously true and have always been true. The state of Israel was a mess. The northern tribes had already been taken by Nebuchadnezzar. He had installed the king that he had wanted as we come down to the very end of Israel here before the 70 years captivity in Babylon. You can read about that in 2 Kings and 2 Chronicles. Nebuchadnezzar had installed a king that was supposed to be loyal and obey, but even after a while he decided to obey. You know, Babylon seemed so far away. Judgment seemed so distant. Everything was going fine. The prophets for literally hundreds of years had warned and warned and warned but judgment never came, so people got lulled into this idea that, well, that's, that's what they've always said. You know, they always said God was going to judge us, but he never has. They always said that was wrong, but what's the big deal? But as always happens, it is a big deal, and judgment eventually comes. Nebuchadnezzar got so angry, he made the trek all the way back down and basically ransacked and destroyed what was left of the nation of Israel, Judah, hauled the best of the people away. The book of Daniel chronicles that. Daniel and the best and brightest were captured and taken away, multitudes slain, the temple destroyed, the walls broken down, fields burned, houses destroyed. And so Nebuchadnezzar goes back to Babylon, basically leaving a smoking pile of rocks and dirt. Ezekiel chronicles the the life of those who had been taken away in Babylon. Ezekiel, at the same time, uh, part of Jeremiah was being being, uh, given to Jeremiah. Ezekiel was prophesying to the remnant in Babylon. Uh, Babylon, 
It was a dark time. But not everybody got killed and not everybody got taken. So there was an awful lot of people left in this burned out rubble, dirt. Imagine 100,000 warriors coming through and walking through fields and tearing up things and wasn't uncommon for them to go through wooded areas if they had to build a bulwark or or uh, get through fenced cities or different things they would cut down all the trees and and stop rivers and springs and basically just make the place unlivable until they could get people out where they were dug out of that's why you read in the historical books sometimes it got so bad where People even ate their own offspring. The Bible talks about how much dung was being sold for in the market. Got pretty dark, folks. Jeremiah was left in the rubble. What was once the beautiful nation of Israel... He was left behind to minister to the poor and the homeless that were left behind in all the devastation. And that brings us to the book of Lamentations. Lamentations is the prophet, the inspired lamentings of the prophet Jeremiah. He looked at the damage, and we won't take time to read all through the book of Jeremiah, but he looked at the damage and wept. The death, the corpses, the mass graves, the stinking bodies. He looked at the devastation where there used to be children running and houses and communities and bakeries and businesses and Quiet, except for the cries and the moans, the awkward stillness, the dust being kicked up because the plants and fields were destroyed. I don't think it's possible for us to imagine the devastation. And here's the prophet standing, looking around, just weeping. He knew it was going to happen. He had warned them over and over and over, and yet it was finally here. And he lamented how none of this had to happen if they would have just followed God. Some people walked by and passed through as if the devastation meant nothing to them. If you look over at Lamentations chapter 1, and look at verse 11, all her people sigh, they seek bread, they've given their pleasant things for meat to relieve the soul. So here is just one little verse talking about the devastation People walking around like zombies, shell-shocked, no place to go, nothing to eat. They're hungry. They're sighing. They're looking for bread, looking under rubble and, and just searching different places for things to eat. If they could find anything precious, they would go to those who had food and 
try to bargain and barter. He goes on to say, See, O Lord, and consider, for I am become vile. Jeremiah felt their pain and suffering. But look at verse 12. Is it nothing to you, all ye that pass by? Imagine that some people were traveling through the area and they didn't know what was going on. They were just traveling through and they come into this city. Perhaps they'd been there before on business or on travel and they see the devastation. It was shocking. Other people were just traveling through. And imagine if you were traveling through a place that you could see had been hit hard and people hungry and there was no structure and it it just felt dangerous to be there. I'm sure that you would just hurry on through trying to get to somewhere further down the road where it was safe. Jeremiah looked around in the midst of all the suffering and the people just walking through and he says, is it nothing to you? All ye that pass by, don't you notice our suffering? Can't you see what's happened to us? The end of that verse says, Wherewith the Lord had afflicted me in the day of his fierce anger. Jeremiah knew it was the judgment of the Lord. Why is it that judgment has to come before people believe God's warnings? You know, you could believe his warnings before he judges you. You know, there's two types of people. There are those that can see that something's going to hurt and say, I don't want to do that. And then there are those that have to hurt themselves to go, oh yeah, that did hurt. You can learn from other people's mistakes. And children, let me encourage you. You don't have to disobey mom and dad. You don't have to disobey the Bible And then get hurt or have judgment before you figure out, hey, that's wrong. I should have listened to mom and dad. No, you listen to mom and dad today. You listen to God today. You follow the Bible today. The same thing for all of us. So I'm just trying to paint the picture of, of how desperate and dark these times were in which we find verses that have brought unceasing comfort through the millennia. To further set the stage, look at Lamentations chapter 3, verse 14. I was in derision to all my people and their song all the day. So they could, they realized that because of their suffering, other people were making fun of them. The people that didn't suffer, the people that had escaped, mocked and made fun of those that we're suffering. Let's make sure we're not that, those people. If you see somebody suffering, you don't want to be the scorner. You don't want to be the, the person mocking. But for the grace of God, that would be you and I. We see bitterness in verse 15. He hath filled me with bitterness. He hath made me drunken with wormwood. And bitterness comes if we don't process our hurt and pain properly. Verse 17, and thou hast removed my soul far from peace. I forget prosperity. My suffering was so deep, I forgot what it was like to not suffer. My wife has been sick and in such pain for so long, she'll say things like, I forgot what it feels like to not be in pain. 
Verse 18, and I said, my strength and my hope is perished from the Lord. Strength and hope wane. Verse 19, remembering mine affliction and my misery, the wormwood and the gall. We see bad memories and misery. So what do you do whenever you're in this pain? What do you do when you're in this dark hole? And we find a blueprint here of how to get through our darkest days. You know, we're all going to go through hard times. We're going to go t- through times when the bills aren't paid and the, the financial weight's crushing us and sickness comes and uh, we're overwhelmed with responsibilities and relationships aren't working well and, and just everything seems like it's difficult. And We've never had a time in American, in world history, where there's been more people with comfort and technology at their fingertips, but never has there been a time when more people have been depressed. Mental illness and anxiety on the rise. What do you do on your worst day? What do you do when you feel like you can't go on? What do you do when, when it's like, I don't, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. I don't know if I want to get out of bed. I don't know if I want to live another day. What do, what do you do? And even on our worst day, there's nobody under the sound of my voice that's ever had a day like the day we're talking about here in Jeremiah. You know, when you're suffering, one of the best things you can do is find someone that's got it worse than you and help them. You know, one of the saddest places I've ever personally been to is a cancer world ward for children in a hospital where children are dying of cancer. And you just walk past room after room and child after child and family after family, children dying of cancer. But do you know, much to our shame, many times those kids are having a better time and have a better attitude than those that are completely healthy and have the bills paid and have a roof over their head. Well, the best things you can do is find someone that's got it worse than you and be like, thank God I'm not in that case, and how can I help? We find a blueprint here of how to get through these dark days, and I'll just explain it to you in the last several minutes we have. Look at verse 21. This I recall to mind, therefore I have hope. So Jeremiah is going to remember something, and notice it didn't just happen to him. We often think of our, in counseling, a lot of times I talk to people and they, they talk like they're, they're a slave to their brain. They talk like they're a slave to their feelings, and like life just happens to them. And oftentimes we have to remind people that no, Life isn't happening to you. You're in the middle of life. It's like you're in the driver's seat. You have, the the fancy word is you have agency. You have the ability to do something about your situation. You may not be able to change everything, but you are not a, a complete victim with nothing to do. There's always something you can do in whatever situation you find yourself. 
I talk to people and they say, well, my brain thinks this or this is how I feel. And I remind them, no, your brain's just a computer. You don't need to live in fear of what your brain's going to do to you. God gave you your brain to serve you, not for you to serve your brain. You can choose what to think about. Now, some people today don't believe that. And what a terrible existence that would be. <laughs> you know, just, I don't wonder what my brain's going to think about today. I wonder how I'm going to feel today. Some people are a slave to their feelings. I wonder how I'm going to feel tomorrow. I just don't feel like it. Well, you know, you can change how you feel. Hello. You can change how you feel. Well, I'm depressed. Okay, so let's work on that. Well, there's nothing I can do. Well, what a terrible way to live. Now you can, do you know you can choose to be happy? You can choose that the Bible word is joy. You can choose to have joy. You can choose to meditate on things that will lift your spirits. Your, your thoughts, your feelings, and your actions are not completely separate. They are all connected. If you change one, you start a ripple effect that over time affects the rest of them. One of the easiest ways to change how you feel is to get up and move your body in different ways. When you get up and physically move, exercise, make your muscles burn, get a sweat, literally the chemistry inside your body changes, the chemistry in your brain changes, and that changes how you feel, changes how you think. You ever notice when you get depressed you don't want to do anything? Nothing wrong with you physically. But your thoughts affect your emotions. Your emotions affect your, your actions. Your fa- actions affect your thoughts and your emotions. And so I'm just trying to encourage you tonight that God has given you the ability to exert this force that can change us. None of us are victims that, that have no choice and nothing to do. You may not be able to change your circumstance, but all of us can change how we go through our circumstances. And what you might find is that's enough to start changing your circumstances. So here in the midst of of all this mess, Jeremiah says, this I recall to mind. To recall has the idea of of I'm going to go in to my, my mind and I'm going to choose this thing and I'm going to bring it to the forefront of my attention. And the mind is a lot like a muscle. The more you exercise it, mental discipline they used to talk about. Boy, that's not talked about much today, is it? Mental discipline, resiliency. And the mind is like a muscle that the more you work it, the better you can get at, at grabbing things. Now, all of us are overwhelmed. All of us... Uh, get like that tidal wave coming over us. We all wipe out, but it's how quick you can get back on your feet and recall to mind. And so Jeremiah here says, I know there's something that if I recall to mind, it will give me what? Hope. Well, how many of us could use some hope? (laughs) What's hope? Hope is the expectation of good based on the promises of God. Hope's not like, well, I hope it doesn't rain tomorrow. 
No, Christian hope, Bible hope, is the expectation of good based upon the promises of God. God said some things. He always keeps His word. If I know what He said, and I believe what He said, then I can expect Him to do what He said. Well, it gives me hope, doesn't it? And so there's, there, there's two things in our passage that if we can recall these, bring them to the forefront of our attention, they will give us hope and we'll be able to get through our darkest days. Let's look at them here briefly. Verse 21, this all I recall to mind, therefore have I hope. What's the first thing? Verse 22, it is of the Lord's <coughs> mercies that we are not consumed Because his compassions fail not. What does that mean? Jeremiah says the only reason I'm even still alive is because of God's mercy. Here's how I say it. It could always be worse. And as soon as you think it can't get any worse, buckle your (laughs) seatbelt. Because it's almost like you just challenged the universe and they said, let me show you something. It's almost like you just test God. And God says, well, let me just remove this little pinky here and see see what happens. It could always be worse, folks. It could always be worse. Cancer, it could always be worse. Dying, it could always be worse. Financial trouble, it could always be worse. Lost your job, it could always be worse. Fear, anxiety, it could always be worse. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. It could always be worse. And we say it like this sometimes, but for the grace of God, there go I. It's only the grace of God that we're not homeless. You say, well, I'm a hard worker, and I'm this, and I'm that, and I save my money, and it's the grace of God. It's the grace of God. I talked to a homeless man in Chicago some years ago. He's living in a box in a park not too far north of, actually just you could walk there from Navy Pier where we just were on our trip. Just a few blocks away. And I was talking to him and he said, he pointed over to some buildings. He said, I used to live in those high rises. He had a PhD. He used to make over six figures a year, multi six figures. And he got hooked on cocaine. He lost everything. He lost everything. I know a guy that was out golfing one day. And as this, this group comes to play through, and he was a Christian, and they, they happened to have some drugs there, some, some cocaine, some hard drugs, and they said, do you want any? And he said, I don't know why I did it. I said, yes. He lost everything. Family, marriage, job. Took him years to get back on his feet. Eric's sister hit by a car. It's terrible, but for the grace of God, she still not only survived, but is better now. How many, how many accidents that 
God saved us from, but for the grace of God. I know uh, some people were on their way to church, four people in a car. Semi-truck doesn't stop and crushes them, kills all four people on an expressway miles from their home. There's so many things we don't think about. So many things we don't think about. What about right now? Why is your heart pumping? Are you making it pump? Are you making the dead cells in your body get flushed out properly so they don't take hold somewhere and cause cancer? Why is your brain working? Are you, are you keeping track of your pancreas? Your liver? Are you making sure that it's taking care of all of its 1,500 functions? Your thyroid? Have you thought about that today? Folks, it is of the Lord's mercy that we're not consumed. You say, well, I'm having a hard time. It could always be worse. And that's what Jeremiah said. He said, I'm going to grab onto this thing. If it wasn't for God, I wouldn't even be here. Then he says something else that's related to that. Because his compassions fail not. What's compassion? It means God looks on your situation and he cares. So he's not just merciful, he cares. Do you know if you have a headache right now, God cares? You know if your back hurt, your knees hurt, your feet hurt, God cares. Do you know if you're tired, God cares? You know, if your bank account's low, God cares. You know all those things you're worried about in your heart right now, God cares. The things waiting for you back home, the things waiting at work tomorrow, God cares. It's one of the most overlooked things about our God. We all know it, but we never really stop and think about it. The God of all the universe cares about you, and He cares about what's going on in your life. And during the darkest of times, you can reach into your mind and recall this fact that it's only because the Lord's mercies were not consumed. And God cares. His compassions fail not. He cares about me and my situation. Well, that's a big deal, isn't it? And then notice in verse 23, this is the part that I often think about. They are new every morning. What does they point back to? In verse 22, it points back to the mercies. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. They are new every morning. So what's mercy? mercy is God protecting us. Mercy is not giving us what we deserve. Mercy is God's love in action. Mercy is compassion in action. His compassions fail not. He cares about our situation So he inserts himself into our situation. 
and he gives us mercies. What does that mean? He's not allowing things to happen that would happen if he allowed them. Mercy is treating someone better than they deserve. So think about this. In the morning, God has already prepared. He's already has waiting for you. When you wake up in the morning, God is going to treat you better than you deserve. God is going to give you some things you don't deserve, and He's going to withhold some things that you do deserve, some bad things. And one of the things that will get you through the darkest days is I often say this, if I can just make it through today, tomorrow, God's got new mercies waiting. And then look at that last phrase there. Great is thy faithfulness. Isn't that a beautiful song? Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father. Beautiful. And so tonight I want you to meditate on this fact. If it wasn't for God, things would be worse. And God cares about exactly what's going on in your life. And in the morning, to see, even if you don't like getting up in the morning, this is something to be excited about. In the morning, God has special gifts waiting for you called mercies. And when you wake up, they'll be there. It's always important to start the day with God, isn't it? And then he says in verse 24, The Lord is my portion, saith my soul, therefore will I hope in him. Notice the possession in in verse 24, the Lord is my portion. I'm confident in my relationship with God. And we can say that through Jesus Christ. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, for the to the soul that seeketh him. We're talking about seeking God in the morning. It's good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. So here's a beautiful thought. In the morning, plan to take some time to pray and read your Bible because God's got some things waiting for you. And they're going to get you through the day. Amen? Amen. Day goes bad tomorrow. could always be worse if it wasn't for the Lord. And God cares. And he's got those never-ending mercies. Father, thank you for the truth that we've heard this evening. I pray that you'd comfort our hearts, that you'd help us to rest in you in the midst of this crazy world, and that we could have utmost confidence in who you are and what you're trying to accomplish in our lives. I pray that each one of us would trust in your mercies and we would wake up with excitement because we know your mercies are waiting for us. Thank you for your compassion, your mercy, and your faithfulness. And all that's available to us through Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for your sacrifice for us. I pray that you bless the offering, dismiss us with your provision and protection, and then help us to have a great week. 
We pray in Christ's name. Amen. All right, let me give you a couple announcements while the ushers get ready for the offering. <clears throat> give you a couple thoughts here. Soul Winning Blitz this uh, Saturday, 10 o'clock. Uh, let me know if you plan on being here, and we'll have some uh, light refreshments for you as well. And then because the Blitz Day, we'll all get in one of the vehicles and go to a local part of our community uh, together. And then Team Powerhouse next week, Wednesday through Friday. Uh, be thoughtful of that. Washington County Fair Outreach, the 16th to the 20th. Uh, children's Activity, the 23rd. And then uh, just about six weeks away, our men's retreat, September 14th through 16th. Keep that in mind as well. Gentlemen, you may come forward for the offering. And I already prayed, let's give. to our prayer time. If you have to leave, we understand. If you can pray, please do. Uh, our guests on Wednesday night, I always pray for them. So Bob and Kim, I'll come back and meet you right back there. And then guys over here, ladies over here, unless you have a partner, family wants to pray together, we'll pray and then you can be dismissed when you're done. God bless. Have a good night. <laughs>